And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 654. Team previews are done. We're back to multiple Get You Ready for 2024 Fantasy Baseball episodes of Benched with Bubba along the way. And we've kind of been teasing this one every time this gentleman's been on the show with me. And it's happening now because Yahoo Fantasy Sports, they released their, their, their platform for 2024 about a week or so ago, two weeks ago maybe. But they also dropped in their, their their higher contests that people might not know about. They actually have stuff. You don't have to have a bunch of friends to go play Yahoo, basically, is what I'm trying to say. You can sign up just like you do at other platforms that we love to talk about. And we'll say their names on the show. I'm just being sarcastic now. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what differentiates the formats, different ways to attack the formats, and much, much more. In order to do so, as a friend of mine, a friend of the show, you can find his work over at Sport Ethos this season. And you find him on Twitter at BreakingBen underscore T. This man has crushed NFBC and Yahoo. And he started he started out at Yahoo like most of us. So let's talk about today. How are we doing, Mr. Ben Tid? Bubba, I am doing great. Thanks again for having me on. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, this is, I think this was a listener's recommendation way back when. It's, it's been, it was a while ago. And so it's, I, I wrote the outline that I sent you, I think back in like November. That's how long ago it was. And uh, I'm so glad you good did to- though. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I want to make sure I got it all out, out on paper for why it was, it was so fresh in my mind. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to do this finally, and hopefully it's helpful for listeners. I think it'll be a good switch up from the typical NFBC content that we talk about. Yeah, for sure. And like we always say, we love the platform in FBC. We're going to keep like we're in a DC together right now. We're not going to stop playing at FBC. Um, I pretty much everybody can admit their ADP is the best you can find. Like there's a lot of these things. That's why that's why most podcasts are focused around NFBC. But one thing we've always talked about on this with Bubba, I'll even say we do it on Bubba the Bloom and other shows. We are here for more of the common folk is the way I look at it. And most people play Yahoo. That's just the reality of it. There's been tons of polls on that. But I also want I mentioned the intro. I know you do it. I know Dave McDonald has talked about it and other guys. You can sign up for public leagues on Yahoo that pay big money just like in FBC. So it just depends on what platform you want, how you want to attack things, so on and so forth. So this episode, we'll kind of focus on the, um, the formats of Yahoo because things do differentiate a little bit. The daily format, all these different things. We'll talk about all of that. But first, before we get into there, a little bit of news, not a ton. Spring training is basically kicking off a lot of pitchers some catchers are reported some other position players i think by the time most people listen to this every team should be out there pretty much by then which is going to be great and we're going to start seeing a lot more signings we got one on tuesday or monday night depending on when you went through it we'll get to Jorge Soler in a minute but now that teams can uh i, I read the state it made a lot of sense first off boris sucks this is what boris does yearly he drains every last minute to get every last penny he can this is what he does you can predict these five guys or so we're going to come to the end this is just normal but second it brings more teams into play here because once spring training opens, you can put players on the 60-day IL, which opens 40-man roster spots. That is what could get spring training also going in a certain direction for certain teams. We'll see. Who knows? But let's start with some minor bits of news here. Carlos Santana, albeit boring to some, Ben, I'll admit it, boring to some, but uh, Carlos Santana signs with the Minnesota Twins Maybe nothing, maybe something. At worst, he's got a 440 ADP in DCs. Any interest on the old old Carlos Santana? Well, you mentioned right there the DCs. That's that's where I'm interested. Definitely not for a Yahoo League. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a little upset because in one of my draft champions, I took uh, Holy Castro, hoping he would get more full-time plate appearances. But in this kind of muddies that because – Santana or Kirilov will be like the first base in the DH. And then that means Julian will play, probably play second most of the time. But with Santana, who knows? He's, he's almost 38 and he very well could get injured or 
I mean, some of the notes I've seen said that he may not be guaranteed full-time play appearances anyway. He's probably, well, and also with the Twins, they have so many injured, injury-prone players as it is, so something will happen eventually, and he'll probably be starting for a period of time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's projected to, to start on a roster resource. Um, our buddy Curlin does not have him in the starting lineup right now. He has him as a part-time player. I hope Mike's right, but uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, he's not a like he's not an exciting pick at all. I had him once in a DC last year, and he was, I end up playing him all the time. It's, yep. Sometimes it happens, and uh, I mean, he's a year older now. Um, sure, if you need a first baseman, I guess at that point in the draft, who who will get re- relatively um, regular playing time, I could see taking him. Yeah, he's strictly drafted whole formats, late rounds. Because uh, as much as we hate to say it, Kirilov has not proven to stay healthy. So there's probably a stretch of time this year where Santana will play, and that will come into play on in those deeper, especially 15-team formats, uh, most definitely. This one was an interesting one. Dealing to dealing to Poto got going with a, a little Mariners White Sox action here. Uh, I liked it for both teams, honestly. The White Sox added young depth. Mariners added a, a legit bullpen arm, which they gave up one too. But we can talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Mariners got Gregory to, uh, Gregory DeSantos for. Prelander Baroa, Zach Deloach, and a draft pick from the Mariners. So we'll start with the Santos side of things. Many were drafting him as the closer in Chicago. And there was never really a rumor that he was going to get traded, but it just shows you everything's for sale in Chicago, unless your name's probably Lou Bob. So you got that going for him. And when it comes to, the, to Santos now, which makes it interesting, Ben, is like over the last 19 drafts, his ADP's 401. But he's gone as low as 618. I'm pretty sure that's after the trade. Uh, the ADP just plummeted for Gregory Santos. How are we feeling about that? Because it wasn't long ago that many people were taking chances on like Matt Brash uh, in that bullpen to go behind Andres Munoz. Now you got Santos there, who's actually a pretty young, solid arm as well. Yeah, this is this definitely hurts fantasy. I think a decent, a decent amount. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how excited you would be to draft Gregory Santos. But for me, it, it takes one closer off the board because who, who's going to replace him now in Chicago? Like it's, it's a team where you don't really want to chase saves, but like we saw with the A's last year and uh, Trevor May. Uh, who was it? Tyler, uh, whoever Trevor they had. May. Yeah. Trevor May, he got 15 saves in this mm-hmm. relatively small period of time. And I mean, that could have happened with uh, Santos and I had him in the main event last year. I didn't, I would have liked to not have to use him in the main event, but um, he, he was good. Like he had, he throws hard. Um, he, had good, he had relatively good numbers last year, but yeah, I think it'll take an injury or two for him to get relevant for fantasy. Like you mentioned, Brash, I'm sure it would get a closer, the closer chance uh, if something happened to Munoz before uh, Santos would. And yeah. And, and then the guy you're alluding to, I, I'll name him now, if you don't mind, uh, Prelander Baroa, he's like the hot, commodity back for the White Sox and he has pretty, I looked up his numbers real quick before we recorded and uh, he had pretty good mile league numbers he was a starter at one point but he's kind of small so I could see why they moved him to the bullpen as long as he stays there I, I imagine that that's probably where they want him um, I haven't heard what the plans are for the White Sox but I think uh, maybe late in a DC you could take a stab but I've also heard people say too and I, I agree that because of how arbitration works in the White Sox, the way they are, they probably don't want to boost his value up any more than they need to. So, but yeah, probably, that, oh, yeah. no, I'm uh, saying on top of them being bad, it's probably not the best stat, but it's maybe if you want to get a little crazy. Yeah, I love Prelander Barrow. I actually had a lot of late shares of him in DCs before this trade, just because I like the strikeout upside. If he can work on a control, his whip would be a lot better. There's a lot to like there. Corbin Young got me turned on to him when we did the Mariners preview two years ago. Mentioned him again this past year, but 
Burrow has got this ridiculous talent. It's just more of a control issue with him, super young. That's why I think it's a fun move for the White Sox. He's young. He's affordable. You see what you get there. I lean towards John Brebbia getting the ball for now. He was actually pretty decent in the, in the, with the Giants, either in a, a late-inning role, uh, an open. Like he could do a little bit of everything with the Giants, which was fun. And the, when the White Sox actually signed him to a deal, it surprised me. But maybe they kind of saw, like, hey, we're going to try to steal Santos thing. And we'll use Brebbia to get a few saves and maybe just trade him as well. And this is kind of a what the White Sox like, trade and get quantity back type thing and start rebuilding the system. So uh, I think Brebbia gets the shot out the gate. ADP's 530 over the last couple of weeks. We'll see if it's worth anything in the end. But uh, Burrow is very, very intriguing just because of the talent we talked about. And if you look at um, pre-Landers ADP, it's 625. It's high as 504 over the last few weeks. So he's, he's climbing up the ADPs as well. So that could be fun also. Uh, Zach Deloach is a prospect that I don't think we'll see this year, but someone to keep an eye on. People are actually pretty high on him. So I got nothing on him unless you do. I'm not a prospect guy. No, I never heard of him before. Gotcha. There you go. Um, <laughs> Oakland A's acquired Ross Stripling from the Giants for prospect Jonah Cox. Ross Stripling has actually, they already said, going to have a major role in the rotation because that's the A's rotation. If people want to take a chance because they really need innings, go for it. I'm just not doing that. Yeah, you're probably a little biased because he was on the Giants. And uh, yep. so I remember when I was really good a few years ago in Toronto, too. It's frustrating. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was the big, he was one of the big free agent uh, names at one point because of he was pitching pretty well. So I remember when I was doing my initial starting pitching rankings that he actually looked, I was surprised at how good his underlying numbers looked. So he had a low walk rate last year, only 4%, roughly. His Sierra was 4.13, which where he's going isn't that bad. And his exit was 3.98. The swing strike rate wasn't that good, 10.3, but. It suggested he probably could get a little more K's than what he was getting. But then, like, his XERA was 5.44. So I think he got – he was either unlucky or lucky with the with the, the home, homers. So then I saw that. I'm like, okay, maybe that's why he's going so late. And, he's yeah, he's like a DC dart if you just need some more stable innings. And he'll probably get traded at some point too. So who knows if he'll end up in the – if he'll say as a starter all year or he'll move back to the bullpen wherever he goes. But – Kind of like Santana. It's not the most exciting pick, but it could be useful at some point. Yeah. Like in the DC, there's always useful uses for these guys. It's just never fun or sexy or anything like that. But uh, I don't fault you there. I guess I am kind of biased. Just like, God, he's so bad. So bad with the Giants. <laughs> I can't blame you. Um, Nick Gordon. Everyone loved Nick Gordon. Breakout Nick Gordon the last couple of years. Kept getting hurt. Never happened. He gets traded to Miami now. Uh, it seems like the Twins and the Marlins have like this thing going every offseason now. Uh, we're, we're back to this trade trading system. Uh, got traded for a, a reliever, I believe, Stephen Okert. Uh, Nick Gordon, though, this is one of the weird ones. Like Certain reports are like, oh, he's going to go and play shortstop, even though they have John Birdie. Uh, because you're not going to get rid of Luis or eyes or anything like that. And so many layers to it. I know Kerwin actually wrote about it, I believe, about different guys that, like Xavier Edwards, could be getting the, the, the short stick on this one, so on and so forth. What's your thoughts on this with Nick Gordon? Because I, it was like when I started out, he's not that far removed from being this guy we all wanted in fantasy. Now he's getting the release on life, but it's also kind of blocking other people. So what's your thoughts here? Right. I think he was a pre 300 pick last year in the main oh, events. Yeah. yeah. He was like, it was one of those people, those players that people would reach on just because he was the hot name, like you mentioned. Yeah. So I, I have roster resource pulled up. They have him on the bench, but you mentioned Mike, he has uh, Gordon in the starting lineup in right field. 
And the difference between the two is Avasil Garcia. So roster resource has Garcia. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Kerland has been anti-Avasil all offseason. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to your Marlins yeah. preview with Mike, and I was like, wow, he really hates him. He hates him. <laughs> Which I can get why, because he has like he has that uh, walkier thing where he goes off and then he gets his contract and he's terrible. I think I, I've heard people say that before. I, mean, I think it's kind of true. Uh, that's what it seems like, at least. But, um, yeah. So I could see Gordon playing. Um, I, I wish they didn't do this because I kind of would hope to see Xavier Edwards getting uh, a little more consistent playing time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Nick, he, Gordon's had problems staying healthy. He's getting kind of old now. And there's, I don't think the upside is really there anymore. But I don't know. He, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't go after Nick in a fab league. But if you're still drafting a DC and you need – someone who may have a couple position eligibility. I, I don't know what he's eligible for he's right now. Outfield I only now. I just pulled him up outfield only, which kind of puts a damper on it as well. Yeah. So he'll probably just keep that. I don't know if he'll play the infield because there's speculation that they're going to, they, sh- they should sign someone to replace uh, birdie, uh, which I hope they don't. I, I drafted birdie so far. I <laughs> on the same team. I have birdie and Xavier Edwards. So I, I was thinking on one of them filling that lineup position. Yeah. I was Hopefully going that way. I was having definitely some shares of Xavier Edwards early in draft season, and I'm not happy when I saw that. I was like, oh, come on, man. Really? Are we really doing this? So hopefully it's outfielded, like you said. Xavier and Birdie can still do their thing. That would be great. We'll see. It is the Marlins, after all. A couple more here. Spencer Turnbull signed with the Phillies, a cheap deal. Uh, you know, a couple of years now, uh, he missed 2022 with the injury, the Tommy John surgery and everything. Came back in 2023, through 31 innings, made seven starts. Not great stuff, but I guess more than anything, it's good to see him out there. He's probably like the sixth man for now in um, in Philadelphia. So is there any interest there for you? Or is it kind of like, yeah, whatever? Yeah, I just hope he doesn't take Christopher Sanchez's spot. Uh, that would be horrible, horrible. Right, yeah. Happens. And I remember uh, adding Turnbull last year when he came back. And uh, he was just – he was ended up being this terrible last year. And uh, he's 31 now. So, I yeah, I agree with your take that he's – the sixth starter and long man out of the bullpen. I, I wouldn't, even in a DC, I don't think I would target Turnbull. Yep. And again, they're still rumored to be trying to trade Taiwan Walker to get like Joe Mo. Like they're still moving pieces right now. So don't get too excited on this one just yet. Now, I'm all excited about this one because the Giants actually have a player now that can hit over 30 home runs and no one would be surprised anymore. This is like a legit thing and didn't cost them that much. That's what was crazy. The Giants signed Jorge Soler to a three-year deal. Uh, he's going to primarily DH, hit fourth every day. And I even, uh, I was thinking it was Matt Thompson, or I can't remember who it was now, that tweeted me saying, uh, what's it going to feel like? Oh, no, I was thinking it was Big John Legaza. What's it going to feel like when the Giants platoon him? I said, if if for some reason he doesn't play at least 150 games in the outfield in DH, like basically it's going to be a riot. I guess this is going to be the end of the line type stuff. So I'm a fan of Soler. And people will say, before I let you have your, your throne here, but it is a giant, so I'm going to run with this. Um, people say, oh, the ballpark this. Well, first off, have you seen Jorge Soler? Ballparks don't matter. Uh, someone did an overlay of all of Soler's home runs, all of them since 2019. All of them cleared the fence in SF very easily. None of them were like even questionable. Like Given the atmosphere changes things, I, I understand all that, but none of it changed. Like The dude's a monster. And that's why I said 30 home runs, not 40 home runs. I was, I, was, I was taking it down a little bit. But you can tell, a little excited over here because now we might actually have offense once in a while, which is fun to see. 
What's your thoughts on Solaire though? ADP is one sixty ish. I love that ADP for him. I uh, I haven't taken him yet, but I definitely be open to. And with Solaire too, he he played in Kansas City. He he played in Miami, so he's tackled the poor ballpark uh, story or store whatever you want to call it. Like he's he's shown that he doesn't doesn't matter where he plays, he'll hit bombs no matter where he's at. And uh, the only question is his average. Uh, he did well in that regard last year. I, I don't have it up now, but I think he's above 250. Um, the projection on roster resource—I don't know which one it is—but it's for 238, and that's just being a conservative, I think. And the way he, how hard he hits it, he could definitely combat that uh, strikeout rate that he has, and uh, kind of hit what he did last year. And it, like with all the signings we're going to see, as like I forget if we were on, on air when you mentioned Boris, but as these guys yeah. sign, it's just going to—it's not going to affect them really. It's going to affect who they're kicking out of the lineup, and that kind of happened here, I think. Uh, Ramos was or it was either Matos or Ramos. They're both like out of the picture now. Uh, JD Davis is on, on the bench according to Roster Resource, and Wilmer Flores is in the air now with his playing time. And so they have a lot of those mid bats. And but Soler is going to bat fourth all the time. I, I if they platoon him, there's something wrong. Oh, and, dude, I swear to God, like I've been a <laughs> lifelong Giants fan. It's going to take a lot for me to never alert for the Giants, but we will have issues if they like. You just paid this man, and you're going to platoon him. Big issues on this one because I think he could hit more home runs left-handed than probably anybody on this team, let alone right-handed. So let's not do this. Uh, you mentioned J.D. Davis just doesn't really have a lot to do with this, but like he's on the trading block apparently. Like They want to play Wilmer Flores a lot because he actually proved he could hit again. Like he's And J.D. Davis is fine, but kind of proved who he was last year. He's good. He's a probably more of a platoon bat, not a real full-time bat. So um, it almost feels like with some of the moves they're trying to make is they're trying to get out of the oh, look, it's the Giants. They platoon everybody game, which I'm a fan of. Let's let's do that. Let's get back to putting a real team on the field. But um, we'll see. I'm just the Solaire thing, I know it sounds so minuscule, but the way the Giants last two off seasons have gone, very excited. They're excited that they actually did something of relevance. And someone put a tweet out on Tuesday that made me really giddy. It said Jung Ho Lee singles and gets on base just to be driven in. By as Jorge Soler two run home run that'll be they're all that'll be a quote that'll put food on people's uh, plates every night. <laughs> I'm like, yes, please do it, please do it, just because you can see that happening like 15, 20 times this year. Just those two guys alone. And I'm like, ah, it's beautiful. It'll all help right. Tyra too. Yeah, Tyra, man, hitting second there, getting in front of Soler, go do your mm -hmm. thing, kid. Like, yep, yeah, it'd be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Giants might actually put up like three and a half runs a game. It'll be awesome. Um, all right. That's about it on the fantasy front. We'll get some more of the player news front part of it. We'll hopefully have some more news by the next episode because a lot of big names are still out there. I think I saw somewhere like nine legit players, legit players are still out there, let alone everybody else, obviously. So we'll see how that pans out. But let's talk Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. And uh, I'll give you the four here to kind of give us the uh, intro to this. But I know it dropped a few weeks ago. So you could draft on Yahoo. They have the – I remember doing mock drafts on there when I first started out. It's the first platform I ever played on. So so on and so forth. You just go down the list about Yahoo. But uh, like I said also, there's still a lot of people playing there, and there's still a lot more I think, that people don't know about on Yahoo. So, Ben, you still play on Yahoo. So why don't you uh, open us up on this one? What uh, – what what uh, I guess, what's your backstory to Yahoo Sports? Yeah, so uh, I started on Yahoo back in 2006. It was when I decided to start getting into fantasy sports. I, I played basketball, football, and baseball on Yahoo. And uh, started out like leagues with my friends in high school. And 
then we I started becoming like the commissioner because they have that option. You can have your own private leagues. And I'm still a commissioner for my home league uh, right now. It's a keeper league. And it's head-to-head categories. I think it's – so since we started having keepers, it's I think it's like our 14th year doing it, 13th, 13th or 14th. And I'm at the, I'm 32, so it's it's pretty good chunk that it's been going for. And, uh, yeah, so – so looking at the outline here, so it's uh, mostly it's the, the standard leagues are 12 teams. So like you mentioned the public ones. If you're going to play on Yahoo, you're going to play a 12 teamer. But like with uh, if you do a private league where you're the commissioner or someone, you know, is you could do anywhere from four to like 20 team leagues. It, it's kind of crazy. And that's where you get the, the weird percentages, I think, when people discuss roster ship percentage on Yahoo and whatnot. And um, yeah, so you do the free leagues if you're just trying to get into fantasy baseball. That's what I started out with, of course. I mean, in high school, I'm not paying for a league. But uh, they can uh, manage your money too, which, I mean, if you don't trust who you're playing with, I, I guess, like if you find a league on a message board, sure, you, it makes sense to do it that way. But if you're, you're with friends, I don't see why you would do that. Uh, so going to some of the formats, uh, I play Roto and head-to-head categories. I, I just keep two leagues on there. I do one of those public leagues you mentioned. They used to be called pro leagues, and I think they changed them to – public prize leagues that's the name of them now uh those are either road over head-to-head categories but the other options are you could do head-to-head points um you could do head-to-head categories where you win each category and you get a win or a loss or you can just do one win kind of like the option with fantasy football and then i was looking today and there's also an option that looks like you could do most season-long points so if you want to do a points league that's not head-to-head kind of like a roto style you could do that as well and uh they offer so they're primarily snake drafts, I think, but uh, they do offer auctions. I've never done an auction on Yahoo, and kind of goes back to me trying to do, want to do auctions for the first time this year on, on NFBC. But the option is there, and I think that's only for like a, a private league where you're setting it up with your friends. And you can also do offline leagues. So one of my football leagues I've, I've been in recently, uh, we we meet, but well, we used to meet in person, and lately it's been online but they allow you to draft offline and then you can import it, which I would not want to do as a commissioner, but yeah, it's an option. <laughs> yeah. I remember my, uh, my home league that we've been doing for almost 18 years now, I think for football it's on CBS and we, the commission inserts it every day after the draft. It's like ugh, rough, rough go on that one, but uh, it's fun to draft in person. So it's cool that Yahoo has that option because not all places have those options. Of course, um, yeah, no, a few things here, which is fun because I think, you know, NFPC, we always say 12 and 15 teams. A lot of people think 15 because the main event, like I always say how I love 12s because it keeps it dicey. The primary for Yahoo's 12s, you hear a lot of 10s. Like, and you mentioned, uh, people go as low as four. The roster rates is always entertaining because most of my, um, most of my waiver wire fab articles that I write involve yahoo roster rates that's just kind of a universal thing but everyone goes how is that guy only like 35 percent rostered and it's like well because there's like 18 leagues that aren't rostering them like there's a lot of that going on in yahoo you can't you can't differentiate it like you can on the nfbc adp going i want just the ocs or i want just like you can't really do that that's that's not a luxury so you do get that difference in, in yahoo but it also kind of shows that everyone can uh, the, the ability to have the anywhere from four to 20 or whatever you can play and have as much fun as you want and build the best all-star team on the face of the planet, or you can go as challenging as you want. Like I remember back in the day, I was, I found this on a forum for free is a 20 team, two player keeper, whatever league. And it was wild. It was just insanely wild and kind of got you ready for DCs. Now I think about it, but um, yeah, is the Yahoo's got so many options, very, very user-friendly format 
which I like as well. I've always found it out of the quote unquote main ones uh, between CBS, ESPN, Fantrax, Yahoo. Those are the main ones to me before NFPC came around for me at least. Uh, Yahoo was always the, the easiest app, easiest interface online. Just felt like the kind of go to in those regards. Uh, when you're talking formats here, you said Roto head to head categories head to head. Like I love like for football, this is why head to head so big. I think on these other platforms, not on NFPC. Obviously, most people that came from football played head to head, so it's like an easy transition to baseball. Like the whole Roto concept in football is just insanity at times. If you're trying to think about breaking that down. But one thing I do like is is the idea of like you could have the head to head like you mentioned, say it's five by five categories, just like Roto, but you, depends on wins loss. You get one point. I like the ideas if there's ten points up for grabs, you can have a seven to three week, or you can have whatever. So then I think it kind of evens out as the season goes on. It feels like to me, I don't know. But out of these different point structures, head to head structures and whatnot, which ones do you prefer? Especially like say say someone's just you know wanting to maybe. You know, they got their home league, but they want to try something different or spice it up. Like, what are what's the kind of one that you like that is a little different than the norm, I guess, the NFPC per se? I would go with head-to-head categories and the way – so my my home league is – you can go like seven and three, like you said. Um, I'm not a fan of points for baseball. I, I think it – well, it depends on how dedicated you want to be to it. I prefer the little bit more challenge, and I think – when you introduce the categories, you have to balance a lot more. And so that makes it a little more challenging to me. But if you just want to get into it from football, like you mentioned, I, I could see why you would do head to head points. It's, it's familiar. It's the same concept, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk it down because I know people like it. It's just my opinion, but uh, yeah. So I prefer the, anything category related and I would definitely go with the, uh, the multiple wins or losses each week if I wasn't going to do Roto. Well, and, and, to, to your point, I guess to explain it more, because definitely you weren't talking down to them, but if it's like head-to-head just points, you don't really have to be as, I guess, strategic in drafting specific statistics throughout your draft. Like you don't have to worry about missing out on a closer run or you don't have to miss out on this or that because you just loaded up on this pitching staff instead. And, and it's fun. It's cool. But it's a different way of playing the game, which is, again, that's what you want. Cool but it's just different strategy involved. So like even on the waiver wire now, when, you know, the next best closer becomes available, depending on your point structure might not mean a darn thing, but if it's a league where you need saves and you lost a guy or something, now that becomes interesting. That could be a, a, something you want. And that's just one example. Obviously many other ways to break it down. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the way I say like points is fun. It can be more of a, just go get your guys, go have a blast. I know, I've seen different structures, bins, and we'll talk like roster kind of lead into that here. Um, some places it's like, you know, get four infielders, four outfielders, two utilities, eight pitchers, whatever. You keep it simple. You can get detailed. What do you usually see on like the standard Yahoo uh, roster formats? And what have you kind of maybe played with different ways, uh, different types of formats that maybe we not might not be used to? Sure. So this is – so if, if, no, if you're listening and you've ever played Yahoo, this might be kind of – like a shell shock for you if you're used to NFBC because it's quite because you talk about 12 teams on NFBC you haven't seen 12 teams on Yahoo if you if you're unfamiliar with it so uh the standard is 23 man rosters which on NFBC that's what you're starting so yeah. the, the entire roster on Yahoo is what you're starting in NFBC and your typical roto uh, lineup from other sites that like tout wars like whatever they play on that what they use those industry leagues they're starting 23 players and we're, we're rostering 23 players uh I think after the pandemic, they expanded the IL to four. Um, so that was good. It used to just be one or two, I think. 
but um, once the pandemic came around, uh, they expanded it, and they, I'm glad they kept it. And so we were talking about points and and roto. So all their uh, leagues are based on the head-to-head point style lineup. So there's one catcher, uh, one of each infield position, three outfielders, and two utilities. So you're starting ten hitters, and then uh, there's eight uh, starting pitching um, positions, not starters, but there's two starters, two relievers, and then you have four pitchers of any starter or reliever you can choose. And then that leaves with five bench spots. And when you add that all up together, that's only 276 total players rostered. So it's like a hundred fewer than an NFBC 12 team league. So it's, it's like you, you're cutting so much of the fat off when you play on Yahoo. It's, it's a, and this is what I went from to go to 15 team leagues on NFBC. It was, it was crazy <laughs> doing that jump. <laughs> I was shell shocked. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, so that's how, how the rosters differ, but like with, when you get, but you can customize it like if you want to have your own home league on there. So I added a fourth outfielder for my my league. I added the uh, middle infield and corner infield spots just to expand the player pool. And we have the ma- the rosters maxed out. The most you could have is thirty, and that's including um, like NA spots or prospects. We like doing that because it's a keeper league. And then we have uh, I don't I think we have three ILs instead to to make more room for the bench and stuff. So it's if you're doing a private league, you can do a lot of customization. It's not. I don't know if it's as good as fan tracks because of some of the categories and stuff. I'm lo- they haven't changed in a long time, but in terms of rosters, it's pretty flexible. Yeah. That's one thing I remember is you can pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, I know I still play uh, a lot of fantasy football on Yahoo and we've adjusted like even since COVID, like you mentioned, you adjust the IL spaces. You could adjust a lot of these things like you're saying. And, and um, it's a keeper league I have in football. Maybe yours is similar. Um, you could already have it programmed in basically like, Hey, after, pick so-and-so you can like ours is after round like eight now they're keeper eligible and you get to keep them at that round for the next two years and like it already has all that pretty much saved in the system for you which is pretty nice um so there's there's a lot of customization as you're saying that you can do on yahoo and it's pretty easy overall so it's um kind of build build what you want go have fun type thing i do like i didn't even mention i do like the league safe idea early on if you don't want to handle the money or you don't trust who's handling the money or whatever that simple as well. Um, but back to these these rosters and whatnot. You mentioned how you the one you like, the standard one, like you said, always makes me laugh. Literally just infield, three outfielders, utils, like just so so like old school. And it's just mind-blowing to think. Another reason that the roster rate numbers are so low when we start talking about things, especially like free agency write-up about that there's a reason. They don't roster most players that we roster in even 12 teams, let alone 15 team formats in the NFBC. Um, all right. So now when we're, we're talking about these rosters, is there anything like, uh, you have down here, the Kent cut list. And that's always been one that always makes me laugh when it comes to like football, you're sitting there going, I'd like to get rid of this guy and you can't cut them. So what are you, what, what, what part of that, uh, exists on Yahoo, I guess. Yeah. So the can't cut list, I know it's a debate in the fancy world, but we never really hear about it anymore. I think probably Yahoo's the only place that has it. I, I don't play on ESPN. I'm, they may have, they used to have one when I used to play football there, I think. But yeah, it's usually res- restricted to like the top two to three rounds worth of players. So like the 20th ranked player to like the 30th. And rankings are big on Yahoo. That's another piece that was I had to adjust to going to NFBC. So Yahoo has their own rankings in the player pages, and then they show you the rankings of the performance as well based on how they evaluate the players. And so that's another big difference. And and also like you'll hear in terms of having like a, a legal roster on NFBC, that's not a thing in Yahoo really. You could leave your lineup blank if you're playing a head-head league and you're 
on Sunday and you want to save your ERA and whip, you could empty out all your starters and have all your empty pitching spots and it's fine. Or you can play without a catcher if whatever happens. Like it's it's a lot little more of the wild west, I would say, in terms of that type of stuff. That's but you can't strategy. cut certain players at the same time. So Yeah. That is a lot of strategy to it though, as you could this taking and I've had those questions like in Discords and stuff. We've had members go, Hey, I'm up, you know, X amount on this, my whip and my ERA is here. I don't know if I can gain anything, but I might be able to lose things. Should I start these guys or just leave them all on my bench type thing? Like just like bench them all. And that's a question, like you said, we don't experience often if you're just playing the NPC because your pitchers are locked in all week. Your hitters are bi-weekly. Like once they're in, they're in. That's you're just living with life and you have to fill it out. Like you said, you can't just leave a blank. Where in the daily part of Yahoo, and let's just talk about that, the daily part. Um, we'll, we'll obviously talk a lot of in-season management and whatnot, but like just even in the draft per se, when you're building your team, how does that weekly f- or the daily format compared to the weekly format, how does that make your draft process differ? Or is it more the just the type of roster, the, the size of the rosters are different, that that's what is more the difference than technically the day-to-day aspect of it? That's a good question. So if the size of the size of the league affects my draft strategy more. And then the flexibility of the daily affects how I manage the team. So, uh, it, so going to the draft, um, well, just for starters, the ADP can be vastly different from how NFBC is. Um, I was looking at it today for the first time. Yahoo's ADP or the rankings, at least, and the, the ADP on sites will follow the rankings. So, like when you get into the draft lobby, it's going to be or, or organized by their rankings. That um, whether it's you can sort of by like the uh, the expected stats based on your league. So they have the projections in there or they just have how their staff has their consensus rankings. Um, so you can change it, how that up. You can also import your own rankings. I do that for when I draft. Um, I just copy like my NFBC rankings and <laughs> I, sh- I should be a little more careful about adjusting them for the for the league. But I, at that point in the year, I'm like, I'm done with adjusting rankings and I just wanna draft. But um, yeah, like, so we can get into a little more details about what I do, unless you wanted to ask something else about, the, about that stuff. No, yeah, what, what do you do when you look because I, I do want to get into eventually, um, I guess, what the uh, the rankings, how they differ, because I guess it's one thing you mentioned. I hear people talk about, like, you know, ESPNs are always insane, but that's because they're strictly this point system that that's what they do. So, obviously, like Tristan Cockroft, they're the super smart guys, but that's how they rank their stuff. That's what you have. Yahoo's a little closer to your normal roto, but still different enough that you still see different rankings. CBS is different. It's from regard. So, like, they're all different. Uh, like you said, based on their rankings, that's how the ADP shows up in the draft room. So um, I, I guess my point is, how do you approach that? Because like you said, you're bringing your NFBC rankings into the draft room, but it's def- very different when it comes to the Yahoo rankings because that was one of the kind of tongue-in-cheek questions is, how do they come up with these rankings? Because they are so different. Yeah, I, the one that sticks out to me was last year in my public league I did on Yahoo. I drafted uh, – where is it? I, I brought my – the draft. I, so I drafted JTR – 33rd overall because that's where he was kind of going in the NFBC. I'm like, well, and we'll get into the strategy, but you you want a good catcher in Yahoo. Um, and we'll get into why, but I could have waited like two rounds, I think, but because of, because of that's how I imported my rankings. I'm like, well, he's there. I might as well just take him, but it ended up not being worth it just because, well, he also had a down year, but I probably, I definitely could have waited and um, played the ADP a little bit more. But uh, yeah. So like one thing I've noticed historically is how they treat closers. So an NFBC closers are usually taken much higher than they are in Yahoo. For example, last year, uh, where is it? That's the wrong draft. I took Felix Batista 81st overall 
in my 12 team league. He, he would, his ADP was probably like 50, 56. Yeah. And that was even with the injury. So I got him 30 picks later, probably than I would have in the NFBC. So that's just an example of how they get discounted. Um, that's just one, one example of the positions. Um, I guess this might've been a question for later, but you mentioned the saves aspect, maybe discounting closers with only three outfielders, like just basically the size of the rosters per se. Do you see any specific stats or positions get treated differently compared to just closers? Like you mentioned closers, like offensively, I guess. Do you notice any stats or positions that get treated much differently in that kind of setup? I don't, I can't recall, but for me personally, I make sure to get like, so I'll, I would draft Ellie De La Cruz in the Yahoo League because of the power and the speed. So a big, so I mentioned the ten starting hitter spots. So in NFBC you have fourteen. So you have to get all your stats into ten spots. And so if you have a catcher, you're not probably not getting steals unless you have JTR. Your first baseman's probably not. So you have to get all these steals in like eight spots now. And so you, so point. you really want those power speed guys as often as you can. And uh, so that's another reason why I tend to go hitter heavy early in Yahoo because a you can stream pitches a lot e- more easily because there's fewer that are rostered and you could do it daily. So like if you really need to catch up in stats, you can just do it every day. If you if you're dedicated to it, you can just add a new starter every day and risk getting your your whip blown up. But also you have also have to be mindful of the innings caps, which we didn't talk about. <laughs> there's a there's caps for games played and innings in, in Yahoo at least in uh, Roto. So if you're doing a head-to-head league, they, I think I don't play head-to-head baseball publicly, and I, I think they cap the amount of ads you can make because they do that in basketball, which I play head-to-head. So that's another factor is the – yeah, so the Roto isn't the same. It's, it's not apples-to-apples Roto because I remember I first listened to you and Toby back in the day. Toby was talking about NFBC, and then I asked him on Twitter, I, I go, so what's your innings cap? Because <laughs> something he tweeted didn't like line up with what I was used to, and he goes, what are you talking about? And I tried to explain it to him like in the replies, and it's just eye-opening that it's it's still Roto, but it's completely different. So different. Um, and it's like you mentioned, because you said it with basketball, I know football, uh, I usually have at least a couple Yahoo baseball leagues because it's just like old-school, old-school friends that – are kind of like there for fun, if anything, maybe 25 bucks type thing, just for fun to kind of talk trash for a season. So I haven't focused as much on them, honestly. I'll, I'll take that that L right out the gate. But I do know that they have like five five or six move limits each week, like you said. And I remember like the very first year I was playing these, like actually paying close attention to them and stuff, um, that the innings thing got me or the day games played got me, especially at positions. Uh, I was actually in a, a league with the Endless League guys. They have a bunch of listener leagues. They do a different formats on on Yahoo and different platforms. I was in the Yahoo one, and I was fighting until the end. It was like that last weekend. I wasn't able to start anybody at first base, like one outfield spot and something else. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. We're, we're, we're like battling. And it basically it locks your positions. It just locks them. So you can't. So they're back to the point where you can have unfinished lineups, basically. They make it so you can't even have a, like a full lineup. They tell you, nope, you're done. You've used them. So the benefit of that long way of winded way of saying all this between the minimum or the max moves per week, the uh, innings limits or games played, it does prevent those people that are insane enough to sit there every single day and just constantly play the matchups game because that'll get you a ton of points. Like it really will. Like imagine Phil so with the ability to make day to day moves. That's like insanity, which could take place there. Um, and so a lot of guys will, but it comes to the point where you can only use them 
you have to be more like judicious with it instead of just going free willy on it. So again, back to like the Discord that I'm a part of, we'd have people come in there and go, "Hey, I got seven moves this week. There's these two star guys that are on the wire. So I'd be great. Like, you have to like look ahead almost. So it's almost like the fab we do, Ben, with an NPC, but not quite at the same time. So back to this now. How do you utilize that when um, when looking at it? Because it's like simple as the moves per week, the streaming stuff, um, multi-position guys, as they sound cool, but in the end, if you start using them too much early on, it could actually eat up position options later, if that makes sense, because that's one of the things that got me. So how do you kind of utilize all that with roster construction? Yeah, so it, you, you do the same thing in NFPC, but I always make sure to have two players eligible at every position. And I used to do that to catcher as well, but then I realized it was eating up a valuable roster spot on my bench because you only have five-man rosters, and you need some pitchers on your bench as well. So um, so you're probably rostering two or three bench hitters. But, I mean, if you have enough multi-eligible guys, you could probably get away with two catchers. But that's why I like to draft the top catcher, like Wilson Contreras, or William, well, probably Wilson this year too, he's going to DH, William Contreras or Adley. They're super valuable. And even JTR in the past, that's why I took him last year at that price because he's going to play all the time. And then you see that gap in the innings – in the innings cap, you try, you want to maximize all all ten roster positions to get as many stats as possible without going over the limit. So that's why you want to have a catcher who's going to be in there all the time. So someone like Will Smith is probably going to get knocked down more because if he's good enough to roster by himself, but if he plays 120 games, you're, that's 42 games you're leaving on the table for your catcher position. And then, like, so if you have someone like, uh, and this is another fun quicker guy, so it's catcher related. So a couple of years ago. When Isaiah kind of Falefa was on the Rangers, he had catcher eligibility in Ahu, but he's their, their baseman. Yeah. So I knew going into the draft, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to take him as my catcher. And this is sitting there the entire year. I got 20 sales for my catcher, like a 270 average, 80 runs. It was great. So you can find those quirks in Yahoo because of the eligibility that they you always hear people make fun of. But, I mean, yeah. it makes the game a little different at the same time. And real quick, we'll go back to this multi-position thing so we can kind of go on a few different tangents on this. Yes. But the catcher one, I think, is very, very important because we just mentioned all these games played. Like, you can have an elite catcher, but, like, outside of the ones you talked about, you're getting maybe 120 games. That's 40 games worth of stats that you just left out in the open. That's a lot of baseball. So unlike other formats where, like, I'll never carry a bench catcher, it works here in a daily format. Like a bench catcher, I think is very valuable in, in that regard. And this is where the concept actually comes into play potentially on the right teams, handcuffing your catcher. Like if you want Sean Murphy and Travis Darnold, you get almost 162 games of the Braves catchers. That is fun. Um, I, I think it was Suzuki when he was with the Braves or Suzuki and maybe Darnold or whatever, or something like that. I remember I was purposely trying to get those two in every one of my Yahoo drafts for that exact reason. Other teams have those also, like you have back in the day, it was a couple other options in Chicago and whatnot, like they go get Yon Gomes and a Miguel Amaya or something like that, like mix and match, uh, Wilson Contreras, and um, and uh, just totally blanked on his name now that I'm really a big fan of, of course. I think it's Ivan Diaz. Herrera. Herrera, Yvonne Herrera. Yeah, stuff like that. That's an option, because you or you can just get two catchers, that's fine, just hope they don't take the same days off, but um, you're, you're good there. You can at least still maximize things. So the catchers, when I just want to hit on that, that's a really good point, not because I love catchers, but because you do need to realize that 40-plus games is a lot of production when it comes to trying to win the whole darn thing. Uh, what other positions, like cause you mentioned the multi-position things. Uh, we can even link it to stats if you want. Like you, you mentioned you want a lot of power speed guys type stuff. So how do you utilize the multi-position uh, to the max? You said you try to have every guy have some, but how do you utilize it? 
Yeah. So if say I have like a, a my second baseman's Tyro and he's second in shortstop, I won't draft a backup shortstop because I could just switch Ty- Tyro over to my shortstop position if he's sitting, and then I hopefully have my my second baseman come in if he's playing that day. And uh, that's just really exciting. I mean, so like last year I had Otani on my uh, public team and he's utility only, of course. And he's also two players, which is a whole different story. But uh, so, I mean, it kind of knocks down your options. So you definitely would try to go for someone who has um, that extra eligibility. And I'll target those players too at the end for my bench. Like I'll take a, a less, a player who's not as good as somebody else just for their eligibility. And uh, I'll probably just cycle that constantly trying to find the next best option. And um, yeah, so it, you could you could really bypass some good players just to make sure that you're covering all your bases. And I, I look at other teams' rosters sometimes, and they aren't nearly as OCD about it as me, and which is fine. I mean, like they just want the best players, which I understand. But I'm trying to maximize all. You're trying to win. <laughs> yeah, and, and then also too, you could go, actually go over the the uh, caps as well. So like if you're talking um, yeah. outfield utility, so they they treat outfield as one position essentially. So you're allowed 486 outfielder games and 324 utility games. So if you have say like a hundred 323 on the last day at utility, you could start both utility players and get the extra game. Same thing with the outfield. You could get two extra outfield games. Um, if you only had 323 going the last day of the season and even with innings as well. So if you ended the day, the, the last day of the year at 13, was it 1399? I think the caps 1400 innings, which is a lot, but if you're at 1399, you could have eight starters going and you could get all their innings and strikeouts and wins and, I mean, if they blow up your ratios, they do, but you're going for the, the, the quantity at that point. There's a, there's a way to break the system right there at the end, just load up like crazy, and you get yeah. all the points instead of just figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just something to monitor because I know that's caught me off guard when it really kicked in. But it is interesting that it is a um, the innings limit because, again, so you got to stream everybody under the sun. But, like, I, I was in a tout wars. I'm in a different league this year, but it was – Innings pitched, um, saves, holds, so it wasn't wins. So in theory, you want a lot of innings pitched, but you can also say, screw it, it's not an overall. I'm going to punt innings pitched, get all the saves and holds, get all the great ratios, and rack up strikeouts with I just like because you know it's it's uh it's weekly lineups, but you can peruse like relievers pretty easily in that kind of format, unlimited moves that week to week fab. So what they put into play though is a innings minimum. So you can't just so it's like it was like six hundred or something. So it doesn't sound like much, but if all you're putting out there is relievers, that's a lot. All things said and done, if you start just going through the motions there, so it might have been more than six hundred. Now I think about it, it might have been like a, a thousand or something. Um, but the premise is is there's different regulations to keep the game a little honest uh, more often than not. Speaking my of pitching, league, I was to say my home league we have an innings minimum, so it's a daily head-to-head category so usually people think of head-to-head it's like you set your weekly lineup but it's daily so we have a daily we have an innings minimum to meet and uh yeah per week so to make sure that people are setting their lineups and they're not just doing the closer the closer thing yep i had a similar similar thing as well which you can definitely because even though there's like what seven pitchers eight pitcher spots you got to put a couple starters in there boys a couple and you got to hope they go deep if you want to put a couple so it's like it's a lot of a lot of strategy involved in it which makes it kind of fun because it's totally different than the norm but speaking of pitchers since it is kind of a head-to-heads points type thing give or take even though it is roto categories um you know we talk a lot about getting two elite closers maybe getting one closer and two decent ones we talk about getting all these you know elite pitchers, but then we'll speculate on certain pitchers because they have good ratios or good strikeouts. How do you approach pitching when it comes to Yahoo? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm fine waiting. 
I think last year I started my first two picks were my first two starters were Luis Castillo and Julio Urias, who I got in the fifth and the sixth round. And I mean, if Julio had a normal year, it probably would have been fine. But Luis was a great buy at that point. And I'm much more will. So like I tend to lean hitting heavy as it is in NFBC a little bit at the top, but I'm even more willing to do so in Yahoo because of how shallow the, uh, the rosters are and how you can stream. So like a streamer in Yahoo is someone you would probably start every day in NFBC potentially. So you could, it's probably, it's definitely easier to find those favorable matchups if you're willing to look for them. And uh, so if we want to go into like how I build my team. So in the draft, I want to try to get like one pre-pick 100 closer. So like a top closer and then my number two before pick 150. So get that, like that second tier. And then I want to have three because it's 12 teams. So there's going to be 24 closers if everyone gets two. And then there's six left in theory. I want to be one of the teams that has three. So I can hopefully be at the top of the, of the standings and, and saves. Um, and if that means having someone who's in a committee as my number three, it's fine. It's still better than nothing. Um, and then uh, so we mentioned the innings cap. So it, it's, it's strikeouts as a category, but it's kind of like a K per nine league because if you have someone like Strider, you're getting so many strikeouts in his innings that he's eating up for you. Whereas someone like Logan Webb, who I like at NFBC, he's going to hurt your that uh, goal of hitting that innings cap with the most strikeouts as possible because he's getting fewer Ks than he's throwing innings probably. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So you can get to the innings cap, but you maybe have 1,350 strikeouts where other teams may have 1,500 strikeouts and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's so it kind of turns into a K per nine league. Um, head-to-head you're it's still probably the same way because you're restricted to how many ads you have per week. So you still want higher K pitchers ideally because like you can't just stream a bunch of Marco Gonzalez's and hope to get enough cases as your opponent. It's, you can't do that. And um, yeah, I'm more likely to be risky. Like uh, Tyler Glass now, for example, I might be much more willing to take in Yahoo because of his K per nine. It's, it's things like that where you have to delineate in your head what league you're playing on. Um and if you're if you're new to it, it might get confusing. But after a while, you, it's easier to set aside like one half of your brain. Okay, here's NFPC strategy, here's Yahoo strategy, or whatever league you're gonna play on. Yeah, what one major takeaway there? I hope people get. There's obviously many throughout this show. Like you'll have to go back and listen to it probably because there's a lot of strategy involved in the different formats. But the K to nine thing, that's something that I've had to learn quite a bit in that format. Because, yeah, like I love Logan Webb. We've talked about Logan Webb in a lot of shows. Um, there's a lot of pitchers I like, but it's also oh, kind of maybe it's brainwashed me to how I talk about it on other shows. How I'm, I'm more focused on I want strikeouts from my guys. Maybe that's just brainwashed into me now. Like I've, if I have to pick between A and B, well, the guy with more strikeouts is probably getting it. That's pretty much where it goes. That should be common sense stuff. But at the same time, the better pitcher, safer pitcher might be B. And it's just kind of in, in certain aspects in a deep 15, that might be the way to go if you already have strikeouts in line where – in Yahoo, take a few more chances. Work the waiver wire if you have to. Like those are kind of angles to go off of that can uh, keep it interesting. Because you want again, just like maximizing at bats, you want to maximize innings. It's it's that simple of of a, of a situation there. Let's do some in season management stuff here. Um, a lot of a lot of people don't like these other formats because waiver wires could be like the wild west. They could be first come first serve. Um, what I like to tell people is if you're in a league, you can customize it to whatever you want. So you don't have to have first come first serve. You can have it at midnight every night in a, you know, waiver format first, like priority formats. There's so many ways to do it. 
So when you're looking at Yahoo, Ben, how do you see it? Because most of us are brainwashed into Fab, Sunday night, 10 Eastern, going through. That's what we got, 26 times a year or so. But Yahoo's a little different, at least if you want it to be. You could probably structure it to one night a week if you wanted to. But there's something about the different format that having different roster rates, especially if it's a daily league, you probably need daily roster moves. So uh, how do you look at it there? Yeah, so I so between my two leagues or two teams that I usually play, they're different. So my home league is daily, whenever you want. Kind of like so I, I don't think we mentioned it, but there's actually an industry league on Yahoo, and that's the friends friends with family uh, Yahoo friends and family league. And uh, you'll hear Jeff Erickson and others talk about it on their podcast. It's well, you just, and they have like 16 team leagues. It's crazy. They have a, like ad limits for the year. It's it's wild. But um, theirs is there's no waivers unless you drop someone. So I remember like Fred Zinke and Jeff Erickson yeah. talking about like how Fred will be like the first one to add a guy. And then in the Jeff's like, the show on a Tuesday. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the show they'll <laughs> add guys and like they'll get upset with each other. It's great. But uh, so that's how my home league is. And I wouldn't even try to change it to the daily fab because I don't think my friends would want to deal with it. But um, Yahoo in general, it was always that where it was always you could add whenever you wanted. But then a couple a few, it's actually been a while now. They switched it to the daily fab which was a, a big change for me because I wasn't, I'd never played fab before until they made that change. But uh, so it's like the, so say oh, this is the season right now, right now I would make claims if I wanted to add somebody for tomorrow. So like if there's a starter going tomorrow, I would say, okay, do I want to bid a, because they allow $0 bids in the standard, in the standard format, it's a hundred dollar budget. So it's a 10th of NFBC. So it, 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 it makes the bidding different all in itself is the, the fab budget. And um, <laughs> it's kind of a pain. So NFBC is great for the fab because of how that's how they set it up. Like with Yahoo, if you want to have conditional ads for a player, you have to do it manually. Like you have to go to the player pool, add this guy, drop this guy, go back to the player pool, add this guy, drop this guy. And then you have to change the value as you're doing it. And then if you don't, if you have like the same price for all the guys, then you can like edit the order. Like you have to go in, into a different screen, edit the order. So the fab's a little more burdensome, burdensome but you don't do it all at once, which is what I also like at the same time. So people, you hear, like even Toby um, he, he, or others, like I'll, I'll say I cap my fab leagues on FBC to four because I don't want to do Sunday fab for 10 leagues. Uh, I'm, this one league on Yahoo where it's daily, it's like nothing to me because I don't have to – I only add someone when I need to add someone. So yeah, it's, the thing really is it's, different. Not, it's not as urgent type thing. Right, feels, yeah, yeah. It's, it's as you need it because we, we have to wait on FBC till Sunday and we all have different needs at that point. Yep. But if you're playing on Yahoo, maybe you need a pitcher on Monday, but someone needs needs a third baseman on Tuesday. It's that's what's nice about it too. It's so they're so different. Like it's not one's better than the other. They each have their own benefits. Yeah, no, I like that for sure. Like the Wild West format is how I've always I always played it early on, and that was like so awesome at certain points. So not a, especially when I first started, no one had a smartphone. So literally, it was whoever was by their computer got the pick. And that was really like annoying because, you know, in college, I'm either on campus or, hey, we might be at the bar tonight. Like, I'm not going to be sitting by a computer where nowadays you can literally pull like, again, the Yahoo app so easy. You can make a roster move on your phone so fast. It's not even funny. Like you're in and out and it's at least kind of even evens up the playing field in that regard. If you have like a real job and you're not on your phone, well, that makes things complicated still. So like to me, the easiest like way to do it because fab every night i can see how some people say no nope, don't want to do it okay whatever whatever teach their own 
Um, I'd at least want it to run every night with you don't have to do fab, but make it like a priority waiver wire. So it's not first come, first serve, but like put in eight bids and hopefully you get one of them type things, like like we waiver requests, I guess. And that way it's not the same one person that sits at home all day doing nothing that gets every single player. That's a little annoying as well. But uh hey, like you said, you guys done it forever. That's how it works. Everyone has their niche. And I guess as you get older, everyone's got real jobs and stuff, so it's not as annoying as it probably once was back in the day but um yeah it is it is kind of cool to have that format because nfbc as you mentioned gets so crazy where it's all week we're thinking about okay these two start pitchers next week okay this this lineup okay two weeks from now we have this like there's so many levels because you get one shot like you said to kind of make it happen where in heck in the yahoo the person could you could have added the guy on monday night dropped them again on Tuesday because you just needed them for the one start. And then someone else picks that same guy up later that week and uses them for something. That's kind of a whole like different animal to it as well. So it, it, it's fun to have a different, like, I'm not going to go play Yahoo, but at least it's kind of like exciting me to be like, Hey, maybe go try something else here. Go see how, see how it works. I have enough leagues, so we're good <laughs> right now. But uh, what else when you're looking at um, like trades, we don't get to do trades in the FPC. And like you mentioned, Fred Zinke, the king of all trades, uh, Tout Wars, Labor, we can do trades. That's always makes draft day even different because you can kind of load up on something and then people say, oh, I, I have so many stolen bases. I can't use them all year. Well, now you trade them. That's a beautiful thing to have, like stuff like that. So how do you utilize trades in these formats? They'll feel a lot easier when you're with your friends, when you have someone's number. True. Otherwise, I mean, I've, I've made trades in, in the public leagues, but you have to either email them alongside the trade offer. I mean, you can add a note in the trade offer, but who knows if they're actually going to see that. Because I think if you just check on your phone, or if you see the if you see the um, the email come through, you may not see the message, and then they may just ignore you altogether. So it can be annoying at times. But uh, this is also the reason why I prefer the categories. Because I I find trading in points league to be almost like not really practical because you're you're trading points for points. It's True. it's it's you're kind of either banking on a positional need or you're trying to say I think my guy is worse than your guy. You should give me your guy. Um, but at least with categories, there's a lot of more options. Like you could trade steals for homers or steal, or strikeouts for RBIs and it can go on and on. But, um, the, the trading feature is nice. I try to do one or two a year. Um, and it's cool. So in my keeper league, we can trade draft picks. Uh, and, uh, I have had to implement some rules because of some things in the past where you can only trade so many of certain picks. I, I don't want you to trade your first through five, five picks for next season and then, and then not play the next year then I have to find someone to play that, take that team and probably give them a discount on the league fee because their team doesn't be not that good probably. But uh, when it's public, it's definitely a challenge. Like you can, you might get an LOL back and that's the end of the discussion. If you get anything back, if you're lucky, but um, some, you might find a, a manager who's more willing to trade than others. It's, it's kind of luck of the draw. I think. Trading stuff, trading stuff, like you said, especially if you don't know the people I've, I, I'm, I, I've always been, I'm a difficult guy to trade with to begin with. Because I get annoyed when you come with a trade offer that's not at least even. Like almost, you almost have to be willing to take a loss in a trade. That's kind of how it works to make it work. If you come in with one of those deals, where it's like, look, it, I'll give you these three things for your stud. That just doesn't work for me. Like that's you're not helping me at all. You're making my team worse because I also have to drop two more people to make that trade. Like it's just so many things like that. But that's a whole other episode trade. Like I did one with uh, Zeke actually a couple years ago. Um, the art of the trade, and uh, it's. There's a lot to it. A lot of it's uh, humility. Just be humble when you go to the, to the to the trade table, and you get a lot more accomplished in that regard. Um, but yeah, that's a good point you have there on 
with the friends and the, and I love the point. Like that's another my points league. He's like, you're just trading points. So why are we trading? Like, what are we doing here? We should be trading for um, a point of strengths to to fix a point of weakness. But when it's points to points, it's really no strength to weakness. So what are we doing here? And that's what makes it tricky. So I'm with you 100 percent on that one. Um, roster locks again in FPC. We're used to weekly pitching, biweekly hitting. How do things go uh, in your daily lineup formats? Yeah, so P- <laughs> you can kind of play the system a little bit in Yahoo. So it's it's it, it's a game lock. So if you have a player, um, if, if you have like a one o'clock game for someone, you, that player only locks if they're in your lineup. But if they're on your bench, you can still drop them. But that's if you're in a in a non-fab uh, setting. Otherwise, you have to wait. Um, but there's been times like on Sunday night baseball. Um, well, I did this more in football, I think, where like you can add the running back of like the Sunday night football team, like if you can drop someone on your bench before they play. But I guess you could do that with, with like a closer or something or a certain position player. I don't usually do that, but it's a, also it's a possibility if you have the if you don't have to wait for Fab the next morning. Um, but yeah, it's so you have some extra flexibility that you wouldn't have in the NFBC, and uh, but you it's about as much as you can game the system. But there is some of that that you could do if you, if you wanted to. All right. Uh, any other in-season management? Because uh, we're going to talk some like in-season, like tracking or all that stuff. But anything roster-wise that we need to that we maybe have missed between drafting differences in-season, so on and so forth. So in the past, it. yeah. Those, so I, in the past, I when pitchers used to go further into into their starts, I would be able to roster someone like Matt Rash because they would ideally give you good ratios and a high K per nine as a, as a middle reliever or a setup guy. But now that starters go like five or six more innings, I've been using that middle reliever spot as a, as a seventh starter. Um, but if you have like workhorse starters that, and you're keeping up with your innings target. So Yahoo does try to give you like a guide for how you're doing in terms of your positional um, cap games cap and your innings cap. It's not reliable. So that's why we're going to go into the in-season management that you talked about. But um, yeah, so you can get a little creative with rostering relief pitchers. Um, there's the spark concept, which I know Frank Stample, Scott White, Chris mm-hmm. Towers always talk about on CBS because uh, it's a little more relevant in points league. But Yahoo has that points league lineup structure. Mm-hmm. And of course, it gets back into their position eligibility where they're a little more lenient with uh, who gets what position. So if you have, um, say, someone like uh, he just got signed, Anthony Desclafani. So if, he, if he's a, a starter, but he has the RP eligibility, you could put him in your RP spot and you can get extra innings out of that spot. Um, that's more probably for like a head to head, like a head to head league, but you can do that too. And um, I've seen that in Roto, like people like punt, punt saves and they just have all RP eligible starters and there are two RP spots. Um, or you could, as long as you hit them, if there's an innings, uh, just, you uh, gotta minimum, watch the innings part. That's the trick. Yeah. So you could do the other way around. You could have all relievers. I've seen people do that too. Yep. Like they take all the closers and they still have, relievers in their starting pitching spots. And so you could go it either way. Um, I wouldn't do that, but it's a possibility. Yep. Uh, I'm hundred percent with you on that one. So it's just, I guess the biggest thing before we get into the in season tracking and stuff is what's really, I guess, fun, different to however you want to look at it with this Yahoo is it's just almost, it's a completely different roster build. And that's, what's kind of fun about it. And still, you still got to know the players. You still got to know the, the strengths and the weakness of both players, the pl- player pool, the positional pool, the statistical pools, whatever you want to say. But uh, it's a different way to build it, which is pretty fun. And it allows you, if anything, we talk about, like, I play DFS because I can roster guys I can't roster in a regular season, blah, blah, blah. Or let's do auctions so I can do the X, Y, or Z. 
in Yahoo, just based on the way things work, you might get chances to roster different players you didn't think you were going to roster to begin with. So that's something as well. Now let's talk about in-season now because we've talked about uh, like in-season like stats management and whatnot. We've talked about uh, the innings requirements, uh, games played requirements, all these different things. Um, you are much smarter than my caveman brain. We've talked about Brian Slack had his like sheet he uses to monitor the NFC stuff. Worked pretty well last year. Just saying. Um, and we know you you've got your methods as well. Uh, what do you use for this? Like it's a it's a daily setup with you. You're trying to maximize everything. Yeah. So uh, what I do for NFBC actually was born out of what I started doing for Yahoo, and I, I ran into the problem that you had, where I I think one year I exceeded my cap, my games cap or whatever, or I was kind of stuck at the end of the year. I'm like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not fun. Yeah. And especially like when I have my starter who can't, I can't start, who I consider my starter. So I uh, so I have an Excel sheet. Um, well, file. I have one for hitters, one for pitchers. So I'm pitching. I have all the days of the season going from left to right. And then I have different cells that look at, okay, what, what what's my year to day total? Um, what am I projecting as based on what I've thrown so far? And then, so it has like, a, so I also have a, a, a fixed target. So it's like 7.6 innings per day, I think is what you want to average based on the 180 day long season or however long it is. But then I also have it where that might have a moving target. So if I'm like above my innings uh, allowance for that day, assuming 7.6 every day, okay, I might have to be more at like seven going forward. And then I might t- step off the, the gas a little bit and uh, maybe not stream as much. Or I might be a little more careful with starting all my starters because if I have like my seventh starter who has a bad matchup, okay, I'll – and I'm more willing to do that in Yahoo too. Like in NFBC, it's kind of just like your best starters are always out there. And Yahoo, I will sit – like last year I had Marcus Stroman for a, a while. Like if he's in Colorado, I'm not going to start Marcus Stroman. Yep, uh, I'll be willing to make up those innings later in the year. And by tracking it like this, which is probably a little insane, but I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to maximize those innings in those roster spots, I'll do it. I mean, it takes like two seconds each day. I wake up in the morning. Okay, I look at yesterday's lineup. Okay, how many of my – or how many innings did I throw for starters? And then the same thing for hitters is a little differently because it's hitters, but – when the draft is over, I identify the team that my hitter plays for, for that my for my starter, quote unquote. So say I took Bryce Harper as my first baseman. I write down the Phillies in the, in the left-hand column, and then I track the team games for each day and then my games. And then I just I sum it up, and then I do the difference of my games for that position versus the Phillies games. And then I get, okay, maybe I'm tracking one more than the Phillies games that they've played. So I don't want to go to like five over because then I'm missing out on five Harper games for an example. And then I just do this every, I update it in the morning every day. And so I, I can track. So I, I want a little bit of a buffer because rainouts happen, guys sit. Um, and the rainouts are also another story too, with the double headers. <laughs> Cause then you oh, get yeah. two for one. You maximize. So you the, yeah. So you can be, have to be mindful of that. And uh, yeah. So as and then if I um, drop someone, I'll adjust the team. Because So say I trade Harper and I move uh, Christian Walker into my first base slot now. So I change it to the Diamondbacks and I adjust to see where they are in the, in the year compared to where I am. So, so I still want to make sure that I'm maximize, maximizing Christian Walker's games now. It might sound a little insane. It probably is, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be as perfect as possible with, with the I get what you're 
and it's it's a lot but once you like you're smart enough for you have like probably like a formula or something to like make it pretty easy to update as you go like you said if what, i showed you it wouldn't look nearly as bad as as, as it sounds probably it's just yeah, like there's I, i'm picturing it man it makes it it makes a ton of sense like literally it's total games left so they have 120 games but i've, I've already played and i can only play 150 i'm just making things up and you've already played 35 with the position you're like okay well i can't play at least five of those games potentially but then if things change as he sits out or something throughout the year, all of a sudden maybe you're five below the remaining games they have and you can go add someone to make up for first base or whatever. I don't know. That's kind of how I'm visualizing it. Could be totally wrong, but it's keeping you locked in to get as close to that in the number without going over early, but also not falling too far behind. It's like keeping you balanced as the season goes on, something like that. Right. And then say Harper's sitting on a Monday. It's a, it's a low, low volume day. If you have a, if you're up like two roster, or two games on the on the Phillies games, and you have someone on your bench that's a first base eligible player. Maybe you don't play them because exactly. you don't want to eat up into those games, even though you're able to start someone there. But on the other side, if you're down two, and it's a, like a Monday or a Thursday where there's usually a, a, a lighter schedule, then that's when you're going to plug in your bench guys to make up for those games that you can't really get back with Harper anyway because those games have already happened. So um, makes, makes a ton of sense to me. Um, that's a couple questions I have, which will go into your stats thing also. And I might have missed it earlier, and I apologize. But, like, you try to keep seven starters, three relievers on the pitching side of things. You're, you're tracking your innings. You're doing all these things. You mentioned you might sit certain guys in certain spots, which means you might have to make up with an ad at a different point to get those innings. So I guess to me, how many of those seven starting pitchers are more of a fluid position to add and drop on the waiver wire? It just depends. Ideally, I would keep all seven all year if I could. That's always the goal. Um, but if I have to stream three of them, then hopefully I'll find someone who can end up being my fifth, uh, set and forget a guy, and that'll happen. But I don't really want to try to put a number on who's always a start starter. It depends on who, who I have. How much does value count for guys like, say, Ryan Yarborough, who now isn't a starter, but he's the piggyback picking up when strikeouts ratios, but not throwing as many Indians. Oh, definitely. So if you have, if you want to roster Yarbrough, I would definitely dedicate one of your pitching spots to always stream, at least until you find someone or your, or as long as you're tracking that target that Yahoo provides you, or if you want to track it on your own, like I do, if you're, if you're kind of staying with that moving target, then go ahead and do it. Cause he's in a pitch, maybe like three to five anyway, when he pitches, so he's, he's like a starter anyway. But you might slightly fall behind. You just got to make sure that you're keeping up with it. Okay, that's the thing there. Uh, what other tools do you have to kind of make sure you're maximizing team production here? Which, in theory, if you maximize production, you should be in the contention towards the end of the season. One would think. Right. Yeah. So that's so that's all I really do out of the Yahoo platform. But Yahoo does. So I mean, NFPC has this too, but it's a little different. Like Yahoo has graphs where you can show how your stats compare to the other teams in the league. So you could show over time, okay, maybe in in May, I ended the month at first and runs, but now it's June, almost July, and I'm at six. And you can see the trend line um, of your runs category going down. So it's they make it pretty easy to see how your team's trending in terms of with regards to other teams. Um, I do something a little similar. So in basketball, so going back to head to categories, it could apply to baseball as well. So in my basketball leagues, their head-to-head categories, but but there's no, like, it's not roto scoring, but what I do is, you can do this in baseball just as easily. It's just a different sport. I look at how, so I, after each each week, I write down my matchup totals versus my opponents, 
but at least for my team, I go into the standings for year to date and I see what my roto position would be in my categories. So if you're playing a head to head categories league, you could do the same thing for baseball. Okay. So after week one, I was first in runs, but now it's week seven and I'm down to fourth and runs. So maybe I have to be mindful of my team's runs total. Um, and I would only do that in head to head categories because you're taking away that roto aspect of the scoring, but you want to, I think it's a good way to see if your team's unlucky or if it's um, actually bad. Cause you could be facing it like a head to head, head head anything. You could have a, the best week of your life, but your opponent could just be a little bit better and you could still lose. And that's why I started doing this for basketball and you could do it for head at baseball as well. Like I said, it's just, if you want to do the work, but it, it helps keeps me grounded for basketball because like when I first started doing, it, I'm like, I feel like my teams are better than they are, but I keep losing. So I wanted to see how my stats lined up with the rest of the league. It's not perfect because you could do the uh, extra ads and maybe some teams aren't adding like you are. Like I try to stream a lot for basketball, um, but it's the same idea. Like just if you're in a head to head category league, maybe do that to see if, you're actually 500 or maybe you should be 10 games over 500. It's also a possibility. Smart move. Monitor your team success and also monitor it against others to make sure you're maximizing that success. Cause maybe you're just using innings and you don't not using them correctly. If that makes sense. Uh, there's definitely an avenue to that. Cause sometimes we just see fill your roster, get all this, get all that. But if you're just getting, you know, smoked in this same category every time or this, that, and the other, Maybe it's a different approach. And honestly, one of the ones early on, if you're not paying attention to K to nine, that will be one of them. That will be the strikeouts because there's so many good pitchers now that just don't strike out guys like other pitchers do. And um, have you seen that really elevate? Like Strider's probably obvious, but even like um, Kota Singa's, um, these guys that are, you know, Dylan Cease, as bad as he is, still over 200K. Like there's a handful of these guys that, that Aaron Nola still gets you 200, like these Ks. Do you see these guys getting elevated even more so in that kind of format? Yeah, I think so. So I'm, I just pulled up the starting pitching rankings right now, what they consider the preseason rankings. And uh, George Kirby's lower. He's behind Zach Gallon, Yamamoto, Freed, Nola, Scooble. And that, it's probably because of the K rate is how Yahoo's seeing it. They have him more in line with Peralta. And he's going uh, definitely a few spots higher in NFBC ADP. Um, I don't look closely enough at the Yahoo like draft results to take a get a gauge on that because I'm not as in deep in tune with it as I am with NFBC now, but I'm sure people are looking at that type of thing. I'm sure that if they're playing in like the hundred dollar, two hundred fifty dollar leagues, they're probably aware of that type of stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, any final thoughts on Yahoo? I think we covered a lot of it. In the formats, the lineups, the stats, the daily to you name it. The, we covered the gamut. It feels like. Was there anything else that? stands out to you when it comes to Yahoo's fantasy sports that might uh, be something worth noting for people that are either trying it out or playing it now that they might not have known about. Yeah. So one thing we didn't talk about that I wasn't on the outline, but I remember looking at today is the, the price points. So you could do as low as $20 or you could do like a thousand dollars. So it's one of the other high thousand dollars is high stake in, in my oh, mind. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's what the solo shot was going to be, which is considered high stakes. And uh, so if you just want to get your foot wet, with being competitive, do the $20 leagues like NFBC has the $50 leagues that like the NFBC, NFBC 50s, the different satellites, but it's all about what you prefer. Like if I had to pick one leagues, if I had to do one league and I had to choose the fab style, I would probably go with the Yahoo fab over the NFBC fab because I think it's, it's less stressful and you could, you have, there's more flexibility with it, but uh, there's more benefits with NFBC. That's why I play a lot of my leagues there now. Um, 
but Yahoo sells his benefits, like the, the player rankings. So you could sort by the last 14 days, uh, last 30 days. You could see who's like the best available first baseman over that period on free agency. You can look at how your team's doing. So one thing I always found challenging with NFBC was trying to figure out how my team was doing. Cause you could see if you're dropping in the standings, but you can't really tell why, in terms, like if you want to see how your players are doing, but with Yahoo, you could say, okay, my, all my hitters are outside the top 100 over the last week or two weeks. So, okay, that's why I'm dropping in the standings and the rankings are per, like, they're not going to match up with Razball or any other, other major websites that do the a player evaluations, uh, but it's going to be pretty close. Like you're going to get a good idea of how your players are doing. So I like that. And uh, yeah, like the, the matchup page is cool. Um, a lot of Yahoo's benefits I think are with adding and dropping players and uh, they, they're allowed to, to have it set up the way they are or the way they have it set up is because of the, the daily ads, I think. Yeah. And uh, so I definitely reference um, the Yahoo stats to help me with identifying um, like two start starters. Like I'll, I can look at stuff on the Yahoo player pages. I think this year I'm going to sign up for RotoWire and do the two start for the, for the starting grid. Cause I think it's about time I, I use that. <laughs> Everyone talks about it and I want to try it out. Pretty but nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've heard you mention it. Uh, no, others mention it, but I've been surviving by using Yahoo for stuff and uh, it, it gets the job done. It's, it's definitely uh, not as much in the limelight that people like joke on, like joke about it sometimes with the, especially with the, with the eligibility. Uh, like I mentioned, kind of Falefa the one time when he was a catcher and yeah. he was playing third base, but I mean, it, it makes it a little more fun and some people who aren't as serious prefer that. So it definitely has its place in uh, fantasy. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's fun to talk about a, a different format. Uh, not sure we'll get to the other ones on this show, but Yahoo is, uh, to me, is kind of the next best one after um, the NFPC. So I'm a big fan of what they, they've they got cooking. Like I said, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I still do one or two this year. I haven't got the invites yet, but I'm pretty sure we'll do my old school ones. I was looking, yeah, on the there's a bunch of leagues that you can get into, which is kind of cool to see because even back in the day when I started on Yahoo, those were not available. That was not a thing to just have random pay for leagues on, on Yahoo because probably got me in a lot of trouble in college. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool to see those are there to kind of get your feet wet and, and some very friendly price points with some pretty nice payouts. Like uh, I, I pulled it up as well. Like the if, say you're in the fifty dollar league, first place first place three hundred bucks, second place one eighty, third place seventy. Like pretty pretty fair payouts all things considered, and uh, pretty pretty good format to get things rocking and rolling for you. But uh, I hope it all helped everybody. I'll say that much. I hope it was interesting. If you have any more questions, make sure you ask one of us. But final thoughts, Ben, before we uh, we head on out of here. No, you said it all. Hopefully the listeners found this interesting. Hopefully it's more relevant to others than some of the other content may be. Uh, we don't usually dive into the NFBC like, platform and how it's it's run but uh, or how, how it works. But maybe you could even do that one day too for, for somebody else. Have, have one of the NFBC uh, pros come on and talk about it. But I think, uh, I think we covered what – the listeners were hoping to hear and yep. like Bubba said, just message me on Twitter or whatever, message Bubba and we'll answer any questions. Yep. And where you find Ben on Twitter is breaking Ben underscore T. You guys work over at sportethos.com. Uh, they do baseball stuff over there. So I'll have to check all that fun stuff out as well. You can find me on Twitter at BD but until next time, this was Ben Bubba episode 654. Catch y'all later. <laughs> <laughs>